0: How's it going guys? Welcome to the Trades and Grades podcast. I'm your host Noah Wright. This is the week six recap in the NFL. Um, Pretty weird week in terms of running backs. We've had an abnormally large amount of waiver wire streams who did exceptionally well, Um, much better than I would have anticipated um, I know that there were a couple couple players that may not have super high like, long-term relevance, but would have been great ads if you had some injury issues, um, and we'll get to those. But uh, yeah, it has been an a interesting year thus far. Um, I know that there has been approximately, and I saw this on Twitter, almost 100 less touchdowns scored through week six of the NFL than there was in the last year, which was down from the year previous to that. in um, and the, the fantasy output as well has been diminished in comparison to prior years. Um, it's just been not a lot there's not been a whole lot of high powered offense and it seems like all of these games I mean we have to we're forced to watch the Broncos every single game. So every primetime game that is. And so that's been you know plaguing the NFL from that standpoint. But Um, it's been tough to watch some of these games and it seems like there's not a whole lot of action, um, from a fancy football point of view, but nonetheless, we're still here breaking it down. Um, so we'll kick it off with the winners of week six, Dion Jackson. What a pickup. If you picked up Mr. Jackson from your waiver wire, he had an astounding week for the Indianapolis Colts running back third stringer, Jonathan Taylor's out. Naheem Hines out with a concussion, Deion Jackson to the rescue, had 79 receiving yards on 10 receptions, 42 rushing yards, and one touchdown on the ground, 28.1 points. If you picked him up and you needed a running back, he provided you that value. Now, moving forward with Jonathan Taylor coming back, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, but will Deion Jackson take over for Naheem Hines in his role? At this point, 23 years old, he showed he can have that volume in the passing game, 10 receptions, 79 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Deion Jackson take over and Naheem Hines kind of lose his role, who hasn't even really shown that his role is that important in the last couple of years. He had a solid running back two year uh, a couple of years ago, but since then Uh, Heinz has not really proven that he's got much fantasy relevance, which has been kind of sad uh, because I feel like he'd be a pretty good compliment to Jonathan Taylor, but clearly it's not in the cards for him. So Deion Jackson might be a sneaky pickup if he hasn't already been picked up in your league. Stash him um, and just see what his uh, role is going to be like with Jonathan Taylor back. I think it will be pretty telling um, if he's going to have any fantasy relevance once Taylor's back um, in that passing game, which I, I kind of hope he does. I think he did a pretty solid job this past week, showed some signs of life for the Indianapolis Colts offense. Um, let keep an eye on Deion Jackson. Ramondre Stevenson, one of the biggest pickups um, in the last few weeks, um, in my league in particular, he might not have been available in everybody's leagues, but in an overwhelming amount, I would say, before, after drafts, um, based on, you know, people could have drafted or dropped him after being drafted based on the way they're using Damian Harris. He wasn't having uh, a super great season through two weeks. He'd only scored um, about just under 11 points total for the year. So I could see some people getting a little upset by that. Um, but he's now gone um, in the last four weeks, 20, 13, 19 and a half, 25 points. Um, Currently at running back nine on the year with those two dud games at the beginning. Fantastic pickup. If you need an RB two or a flex Ramondre Stevenson has provided. He is that guy this past week, four receptions on 15 for 15 yards, 76 rushing touchdowns, but those coveted goal line um, rushes. He's had two rushing touchdowns. Love to see it for a guy like Ramondre Stevenson as Damon Harris has been injured. We'll see kind of how that goes once Harris is back from his injury, but as of right now, it is all Ramondre Stevenson, um, which I personally love to see. I don't have him in any of my dynasty leagues except for maybe one and none of my redraft leagues. So I'm sad I'm not a major holder of the Ramondre Stevenson um, stock, but if you are, you're very much enjoying your, uh, your fantasy outlook right now. Kyle Pitts, yes, a winner, somewhat. I will take it. Um, this might be one of the biggest losers of a winner, but he had a touchdown. A touchdown, not in London, not, not overseas, in the regular season, in America, on American soil. And it counted a touchdown for Cal Pitts. He only had three receptions for 19 yards and that one touchdown, but double digit points for him coming out of a bowl in which he's coming off an injury. If, we, if it came before that, he only had three and a half points. So, right now, we're just kind of waiting to see will they use him at all on um, this year, or is he pretty much just going to be one of the biggest busts in redraft uh, fantasy football that we've had in a long time? because. They've using him. They're using him an insane amount of blocking, uh, blocking play. Sorry, an insane amount of rushing plays using him as a blocker, and um, and so it's just not something that you want to see. You want to see him running routes. Guys like Mark Andrews, um, who block almost never. Um, You certainly don't want to see a guy like Kyle Pitts blocking. Um, a good amount, so we will see what Arthur Smith has in the cards for him. Unfortunately, I'm not terribly optimistic for the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. So this is one of my chances, I believe, to get Kyle Pitts in on a on a, on a, on a winner. So um, we had to fit him in there. But we're gonna continue with the tight ends. Move on to Mike Geseki. What a week! Uh, taking all the touchdowns uh, from my guy Jalen Waddle. Who I have in my redraft team, I'd have much rather had him have touchdowns. He still an okay week, but um, two receiving touchdowns, six receptions, 69 yards, 24.9 fancy points. If you were starting him before, it is most likely because you had nobody else, as he had a pretty below average start, even for a tight end 1.14 um, with a touchdown. One Four, four, nearly twenty-five points this past week. So, pretty on the low key, hasn't been doing a whole lot, and then goes crazy this past week. Um, I'd be trying to sell high if that's even a thing. He's had a pretty bad year. If somebody really wants him in one of your leagues, I'd be much, I'd, I'd be very willing to sell him at this point because of the, uh, the pretty high game that he had this past week. And our final winner for week six, Mr. Jamar Chase. And people were worrying about, you know, defenses playing differently on him, T. Higgins is not in there to try and take some of that away, some of the defense away, you know, they're not running routes correctly for him. Any doubts at all that Jamar Chase was going to have some sort of lull as the last four games he's had uh, 10 points, 12, 12, 12, 32 this past week. He had seven receptions on 10 targets, 132 yards and two touchdowns. What a fantastic game for Jamar Chase um, in New Orleans where he went to college. I think that maybe had a little bit to do with it. I think, yeah, just a little bit of extra motivation. Um, So I'm excited to see him um, perform well, kind of go back to what we all know him to be, which is one of those alpha wide receivers superstars um, winner, final winner from week six. While there are winners, we also have losers and there are quite a few losers from week six, starting with none other than Mr. JK Dobbins. As much as it hurts me to say this because I love JK Dobbins. I love this process you know I love him as a prospect coming out of college, stud, the knee injury was just devastating coming back from that. Since then, he has just not been what we had hoped he would be before the injury, and I'm not entirely optimistic about the rest of the season as well. So far this year, he's played in four games. He's gotten above 50% snap share in zero of the four games. He hit 51 time. and the one game, he hit 50% snap share. He had 22 points, um, 13 rushes on 41 attempts, or sorry, 41 yards on 13 attempts and one touchdown. And he had a couple receiving, a uh, couple receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. So, two touchdown game kind of inflated the points there. But with Kenyon Drake coming into the equation, he is one of those guys that takes an, a large amount of the receptions. And while J.K. Evans wasn't a guy who's going to be funneled a lot of targets, it's still limiting the amount of PPR points he's going to be scoring if he's only getting the ground game and he's not been entirely efficient when he gets the ball. Uh, This past week, though, Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 119 yards and a touchdown. Um, He only had two targets. Uh, He caught one of them for eight yards, but he's one of those guys in the past that has been solid at, um, you know, in the passing game earlier in his career, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, he had 48 targets, 73 targets, 68 targets um, when he was with Miami and then Arizona. So we will see if uh, Kenny Drake is going to be the thorn in J.K. Dalvin's side. But from this past week, you're J.K. Dalvin's holder. I am uh, I'm not envious of you, to say the least. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, loser number two. He had had a fantastic year through four games. He got up to one point, the running back three. Um, and then he faltered a little bit against the Raiders, had six and a half points, and now he only had 15 rushing yards on nine carries, three receptions for 20 yards, no touchdowns, which he'd been pretty much just getting a you know, being force fed in in the red zone. Um he had five. Touchdowns in his first four games, but at this point he's kind of slowed down. This past week, three point three fantasy points, nine carries, thirty-three rushing yards, no touchdowns, not even a single reception, uh, not even a single target either. I don't know how to feel about Clyde Edwards-Helaire at this point, um, because you don't want to sell him now uh, unless people are still valuing him at the top ten running back level because he is pretty much down at the low point of his of the season so far. Most likely should have sold um, you know after the first few weeks. But it's difficult to say with that Kansas City Chiefs offense, you just never know who's going to be scoring touchdowns. Um, you know it's gonna be a high powered offense, but you just never know when it's gonna happen, who is gonna be we saw those CEH early on in the season. Um, will that continue? It's, it's hard to tell, but it's not a guy that you're know, going out and looking to buy. And I'm probably not. Unless I can get something that I think is worth selling for, it probably is best to hold on to him, um, as unfortunate as it is. Loser number three. Well, actually, it's a couple of losers. Seattle wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They have been surprisingly very good this year thanks to Geno Smith. Uh, a lot of people were worried that Russell was gone, how that was going to hold up. Turns out Russell, maybe just not, not entirely great. Um, at quarterbacking and Geno Smith is maybe very good at quarterbacking, dare I say. Um, at least in Seattle, looking at it, uh, this past week, DK had through two receptions for 34 yards. It's good for 5.4 fantasy points. Pretty, uh, Pretty much a dud this week. And Tyler Rocket, who was in the top 10 at wide receivers overall this year. 3.7 points, two receptions, 17 yards. A pretty weird game against the Cardinals. Very low scoring, which has been uh, uh, very different than what Seattle's been doing so far this year, which I don't think very many people saw, which was this high-powered Seattle offense. Kind of proving everybody wrong. Um, but if you have DK or Tyler Lockett, I'm not worried. You know it's kind of it's gonna how it's gonna be with those guys. They boomer bust, uh Tyler Lockett, especially so with those deep ball um, targets. I'm not too worried about either of them. It just sucks. You know, they're they're losers for week six. Um, and if you had them playing in your lineup like I did in my dynasty league, I had both of them playing, you're a very, very big loser. So double double loser. Um, and our final final losers of week six, the Jets wide receivers, which really you should just say is the Jets quarterback, because at this point it doesn't matter what Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore do. It's only dependent on what Zach Wilson is going to allow them to – or them allow Zach Wilson to do, however you want to put a spin on that. They're pretty much screwed without a quarterback like Joe Flacco, the GOAT, throwing the ball 500 times a game because Zach Wilson clearly is not able to keep up uh, with Joe Flacco, which is not what you want to see in your supposed top five quarterback um, that you chose in the NFL draft last year. Uh, He had a pretty bad game against the Packers, but it didn't matter. He got it done with Brees Hall because Brees Hall is the running back one from this past class. Somebody that we touted uh, all off season, he's been building up, proving up to the hype. Um, and if you're in a dynasty right now, he's almost unattainable. He's getting to the Jonathan Taylor levels. I know some people are even putting him above Jonathan Taylor, which is kind of ridiculous. I know it's just recency bias, but he is getting up there. Um, so if you if you have Jonathan, if you sorry if you have Brees Hall, I would not give him away unless it's for an insane amount. I would go buy Reese Hall for pretty much anything because at this point, and this is especially in Dynasty, whatever is like an overpay today, generally speaking, it's going to be underpay tomorrow. He's going to be a star in the league, you know, barring anything abnormal, which happens, may happens all the time. But if you're saying today, right now, I mean, he's going to be a top three Dynasty running back for the next three years or so. I would say. Um, and right now is the cheapest you're probably ever going to get him. If you've gotten Jonathan Taylor's rookie year, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than you can get him right now. You're going to ride basically the Jonathan Taylor train throughout this year into the next year, and then you most likely would want to sell your dynasty. But um, at this point, if you're looking to buy somebody in free draft or in dynasty, at a certain point, it gets a little ridiculous, but Brees Hall is the guy that I'm looking to buy, even though I know it's going to be expensive, just because he's so good, and uh, and he's just one. I have a little recency, not recency bias, a little a little bias, just from the fact that um, you know, coming off this, we spent a lot of time this off season watching him, and I just want him to succeed, um, and so seeing him succeed now and that coming to fruition has been it's been fantastic, but. All said and done, the wide receivers to the Jets, losers for week six, not sure that they're going to be able to um, come build o- – I'm not sure how they're going to get over the hump with Zach Wilson. It's going to be difficult. He's not been um, entirely successful. Garrett Wilson only had 1.8 fantasy points. And Elijah Moore had zero targets, zero in week six. That's that's just unacceptable, in my, in my opinion, from – we, the year he had last year, getting him zero targets is is kind of embarrassing, negligible on their – and I know they're winning games, so, to, you know, tease their own, but you got to get them involved at some point. I'm not coaching the NFL. I know they don't care about fantasy football. Perfectly fine, but um, when you face good rushing defenses and Reese Hall can't do everything, you're going to need to pass the ball. I don't think they will. Um, that is the it. That is it for week six. Man, doing the solo probably not the best. Um, but appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully, you know you get a little nice little recap from this week. Um, move it into week seven. We're gonna have the week seven um, outlook. Who we think gonna be players that are going to um, dominate this week, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.